freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 131 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we educate, we engage, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts with a little bit of a cold, so pardon the squeak in my voice, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan, I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Welcome to the show. Today, our theme is Self-Defense Radio Network Sampler Platter Show. Absolutely. And usually I have a big, long uh, analogy or a metaphor to, to share, but Today, I really just want to um, introduce you to some of the awesome people that we know in the industry, in the Second Amendment media, and the best way I know how to do that is uh, to talk to you about our fellow members. I say every week, this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and I encourage you to find out more and check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. And so now I want to actually, throughout the show, play for you clips from a variety of those shows. So what is the Self-Defense Radio Network? Well, it was founded in 2016 by the hosts of two of the longest-running pro-gun podcasts as a way to bring together and help promote up-and-coming pro-freedom content creators. The day-to-day operations are overseen by the chairman, and a selected board of directors, members' shows are selected based on the quality and content with an emphasis on advancing the cause of liberty, whether it's gun rights, civil and religious liberty, and and even politics. We do lean into politics, even on our show. Um, And so I'm going to, you know, let Dan read about each one of the shows that you're going to encounter today, because we have so much talent and such a wide variety of shows and styles and the focus of different topics at the SDRN that if you can't find something you like, you just aren't trying. Dan, who do we have on the show? Well, our first hour, it's Eye of the Target Radio with Amanda Suffolk and Rob Campbell. Rob and Amanda are a brother and sister shooting team. They co-host Eye of the Target Radio. Eye on the Target. Eye on the Target Radio, mm-hmm. which is available in podcast form at sdrn.us, as well as live on the FM station WNIR in Cleveland, Akron, Ohio area. And has just gone into syndication. Woo-hoo! Yes, that is huge news. She has worked so hard on that. And uh, we're just very proud of, of her and Rob both. Eye on the Target Radio is an audience interactive show where callers call in and interact with Rob and Amanda. Discussions on the show range from concealed carry to ballistics, selecting a firearm to history of a favored gun. Rob is a gun historian that holds his own with the best in the industry, while Amanda is making the name of the gal who <laughs> leads 
concealed carry fashion shows across the nation. Absolutely. And we just got to visit with both of them at the uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and Amanda had a shocking speech. It was amazing. You keep saying that, but then you don't tell folks. I can't say it on the radio. (laughs) This is closed doors. I can only hint about it. Well, okay. So she was on the, as I was, on the Better Half uh, panel. Uh, So women in the industry. And she was talking about women parts, too. (laughs) Well, she was quoting an old joke by Betty White. And uh, I think that's about all we can say on our show. That's it. It's women's parts, okay? (laughs) She woke up the audience. (sighs) And there was a lot of people in that room. 500 plus. Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, we're, we're watching you. I'm scared of you. We also we also have the Polite Society podcast. It's a weekly show that examines the news of firearms industry, has interviews with people and around the industry who influence gun rights. And they also examine defensive gun use. The show is a team effort of some of the most passionate people in the industry, and each writer and co-host bring a unique perspective and opinion to the show. Uh, at the end of that hour, we have Modern Self-Protection. It's a podcast about self-defense for everyday people hosted by Ben Barnum Branham. Branham, mm-hmm. each week on this, on Saturdays. Absolutely. Our second hour, the Armed Lutheran Radio, uh, joined by an amazing group of contributors and special guests, host Lloyd Bailey, brings you discussions on faith, firearms, and freedom. We talk about guns, the shooting sports, self-defense, hunting, and the Second Amendment. Uh, with a unique Lutheran perspective. And I I added a unique and unapologetic uh, perspective because, you know, know, on our show, we try very hard to just kind of stay in a central space and and make sure that, you know, it's anybody can listen and not feel, you know, in any way, I don't think, um, you know, like uh, excluded or however I want to say it. But, you know, with the Lutheran perspective, they're very Christ-centered, right? Right. And so they speak very much from that place, which I absolutely 100% respect. But it's very a different flavor than what we have on our show. And I think that that's good. That's important to have a lot of different um, styles and uh, perspectives represented. I agree. All right. As long as they agree with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, no, there are conditions good. to no, agreement. No, no. And who's and up, up next? Then we have American Gun Podcast with uh, Matthew Disher. The American Gun Podcast aims to re- re- bleh, revolutionize. revolutionize the gun radio world. <laughs> this show aims to be different. Matthew brings you a ver- variety of content, and every week a bit of is is a bit different. Mm-hmm. One week, one week he might talk about a court case. The next week we might talk about his signature. A tale of idiocy segment. I, I'm scared of that one. What if I'm on there sometime? Well, I'm sure I'm on there somewhere. <laughs> Matthew is a passionate host who isn't afraid to tackle the political tensions between left and right. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Tactical Pay Radio. Tactical Pay Radio with host Brian Grayson. Brett Grayson. Okay. Mm-hmm. It tells Ta- us all about covering the fun. Fascinating side of the firearm industry for firearms, professional and hobbyist. On his podcast, you'll hear stories directly from the folks who made our industry tick. Featuring interviews with gun store operators, entrepreneurs, gun bloggers, retailers, gun rights advocates, 
and all the awesome people who make up our community, from handgun shooting to law, uh, hog hunting, from accounting to AR-15s, shotguns, rifles, accessories, concealed carry, trade shows, gun rights, sales trends, and more. If it's in our industry, they're going to talk about it. Absolutely. And then our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, I am leaving in the very capable hands of our friend Rob Morse and his Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast, which brings you recent examples of armed civilians protecting themselves and those they love. Experienced firearms instructors comment on recent events. Were these gun owners lucky or were they well-trained? And what would you do if you were in their situation? Rob brings together experts in their field to teach us through a step-by-step, play-by-play way of talking about the elements of real-life DGUs, which are defensive gun use incidents. And I suppose today we're going to have to do without a Dan's commentary. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So that is our show lineup, and I wanted to take a minute and talk about a really interesting and important class that Dan and I participated in last night with U.S. Law Shield. Uh, it was a gunshot wound class and clinic, and we just felt like, you know, I'm I'm a little squeamish around you know, blood and that sort of thing, so I was kind of nervous going in thinking about taking the class but I thought you know what we own a gun store and we are concealed carry holders and we have firearms around us all the time and it just felt like the responsible thing to do to take this class and it was uh, the squeamish factor was way down like I wished I had known before I would have just kind of come in relaxed um you know, we did see a little bit of, of blood, but it wasn't what I was imagining. And it was super important, the stuff that we were learning. Um, we learned how to put a tourniquet on ourselves, how to put a tourniquet on one another, what to do if there's a, a wound to the um, – because tourniquets you can use with wounds to the extremities, but what to do if there's a wound to the, you know, the chest and the abdomen and that sort of thing where you can't tourniquet, right? Right. I was very uh... – skeptical about going to this class i thought oh boring <laughs> and you know i got there i had the exact opposite reaction well i'm thinking okay what's the chances that i would ever need to use this so I mean, that's kind of how i felt when i walked in after i walked out i go wow um you know what this stuff that i learned tonight will stay with me forever that's even sick. if i don't use it it will stay with me forever and if there is that chance that i could help save someone um, it's great. So I am really tickled that I took the class. There was about 30, 40 people there mm-hmm. and everybody had nothing but good things to say about it. No, it was really important stuff. I, you know, I just didn't realize that you, uh, you know, if you're hit in an artery, uh, you can completely lose enough blood in three minutes, right? That's about the length of time from right now until when I send us out to commercial. In that length of time, a person could lose enough blood that they could uh, lose their life. They'd go into permanent shock, they said in the class, and um, it's like a 94% um, certain death certainty. Right, rate. and then taking your T-shirt off and using it as a gauze if you don't have anything else, 
can increase that by many fold that you could live. Right. So packing a wound. Yeah, packing a wound. Yeah. Like if there's a or using it for a tourniquet. Or, or use, yeah, absolutely. And that, that was so. I mean, a little a little squeamishness, I guess, going on when you're thinking about okay, if there is a hole in a person. And you've got to pack the wound. That means that you're stuffing gauze or you're stuffing a T-shirt or something into that wound. But, um, you know, the difference between someone living and dying, uh, okay, I'll get through it. I will I will pack that wound with my T-shirt or, or whatever it is I happen to have. Right. And then I, I got embarrassed because I'm trying to put the tourniquet on Cheryl's neck and they told me <laughs> they don't work there. I'm thinking, what's the use of a tourniquet then? Yeah. Well, that's the... That's the fun part of husband and wife working together and, and taking classes together. Um, but it was a tremendous class. I highly recommend that everybody check out U.S. Law Shield. They have some great classes and they also help. Um, they're, they're the defense that you need if you've had to protect yourself uh, with it. not even just a gun. It could be a rock. It could be a screwdriver. It could be whatever. Um, they are there uh, immediately with legal help uh, to help you with not only the legal, um, but the the civil um, uh, ramifications of those things. Right. And when we went, I, I, there was no sales pitch. It wasn't like they were trying to sell you stuff. No, which I highly recommend or um, appreciate. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's U.S. Law Shield. We are going to run to commercial. And when we come back, we're going to play a clip for you from... Eye on the Target Radio with Amanda Suffolk and Rob Campbell. Stick around. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, today we are doing something a little different, a little special. This is our SDRN Sample Platter Show So the SDRN stands for the Self-Defense Radio Network, of which this show is a member. 
And you can find them and all the content of all the shows, including ours, at sdrn.us. And so I decided I was going to give you a sample platter, a little snippet of a variety of the shows on there. And uh, I think it's going to be something I do from time to time because it's a growing network and I only have like eight segments to fill today and, and I'd like to give you a chance to hear all of them. So the first show that we're going to treat you to today is a clip from Rob Campbell and Amanda Suffolk, who are a brother and sister shooting team, and their show that they co-host is called Eye on the Target Radio. It is available in podcast form at sdrn.us, as well as airing live on the FM station WNIR in Cleveland, Akron, Ohio area. And... Can you believe they have just gone syndicated? I'm so excited for them, so proud of them. It takes a lot of hard work uh, to, to get syndicated, and they've done it. So Eye on the Target Radio is an audience interactive show where callers call in and interact with Rob and Amanda. Discussions on the show range from concealed carry to ballistics, selecting a firearm to history of a favored gun, uh, Rob is the gun historian that holds his own with the best in the industry, while Amanda is making a name for herself as a, the gal who leads the concealed carry fashion shows across the nation. And she just held one of those uh, a couple weeks ago at the Gun Rights Policy Conference, and I got to be one of the runway models, and it was just really an awful lot of fun. So the, the call-in show that we're going to hear right now um, is just a, one example because that show is as different as the callers who, who take the time to call in and the topics that they, they want to discuss. So um, listen now as we hear I on the Target Radio. So, okay, so we've got a couple calls, so we're going to take those. If you would like to call in, then phone number is 1-833-937-4668 or 833-WE-SHOOT. Hello, you're talking to Rob and Amanda. Hello. Hello. Is this Amanda? Yes, it is. Okay, well, I'm a new caller, but I've been listening for years. Uh, well, thank you. I'm glad you've uh, been listening. For years, I was kind of afraid when you get syndicated that I wouldn't be able to just casually call you. Maybe, <laughs> that, <laughs> maybe you are, are hoping that local people, like I live in Stark County, can still call you. Sure, the phone reaches... Everywhere that yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. You know, phones go everywhere. All right. I met Rob. He might remember me. I went to the shop two years ago after I visited the uh, Burton Antique Show in Geauga County, and we talked shotguns. But mm-hmm. my shotgun question, I just spent a small fortune for a Parker side-by-side, Ooh. not knowing what a Damascus barrel is. Now, that's my question. Now, if you know Amanda, fine. If if this is a question for Rob, explain to me what a Damascus barrel is. And I've heard hints of how to still shoot it without light loads. Do you have any advice? For okay, that? well, first thing is a Damascus barrel is a, a wire barrel. It's a, they call it twist barrel, and they, they take wire and they wrap it around a mandrel, and then they hammer it out. And it's got a beautiful pattern to it when it's when they were brand new. 
the the problem is is there are twenty thousand springs stuck together, and if it starts to rusting between the wires, then it lets go, and when it lets go, it lets go all at once. It's not that you'll start seeing a problem on this shot, and if you ignore it, it'll eventually let go. It's just it's working, and it's not working. So even though they, it may look good, even with modern black powder, low-pressure shells, <laughs> it's still not recommended to shoot it. There's going to be a spot where your barrel's aiming at there 90 degrees spot. from where you are. If you want to use the gun, you can go to, like, Briley or one of these guys, and they make a, a, a sub-caliber sleeve that goes in. So say, I don't know if you got a 10 uh, yeah, or 12 I gauge. I heard about that yesterday at the flea market. So if you got a 12-gauge gun, you can... Stevens 4 Yep, Stevens 4 was a little short 410 set of tubes, but Briley makes yeah. a full-length full, full length set that got screw and chokes and everything. So you can, uh, you can like, choke it down to a 20-gauge or something, and that way you can use it for actually hunting and all the stuff. And, and the tubes are really lightweight, so they don't hardly add any additional weight to the gun. But... Uh, the gun, even though it's got twist barrels, they still have a pretty good um, value to them because people want the old Parker guns, and that was a, an option that actually cost extra money when they when the guns were built. They they were labor intensive to build, and they were so beautiful that people would pay money for it. And oh, actually, yeah, it, it was beautiful. It some was of the companies would actually made. <laughs> some of the companies actually printed uh, the the barrel with that with that pattern even though they would have a fluid steel barrel they just printed it with a damascus pattern because it was pretty and it made the gun sell better right well it's very pretty in my kitchen right now because it's hanging up about a foot above my head it's very pretty it would be way prettier if it were at the range but not See, if it's going to hand grenade are you sure it's a, uh, yeah you sure it's a twist gun does it say damascus on it no. or I bought it from a very reputable dealer. I mean, I didn't pay quite four figures, but it is beautiful. And I was just hoping to be able to shoot it. And the salesman um, gave me a long discussion on the Damascus barrel. I still didn't understand him. <laughs> right. It's, if, if you've watched any of those shows like that, the knife-making shows on TV and that where they take couple pieces of steel and they fold it over and they hammer it together and then they fold it over and hammer it together and then when they grind it it gives them the beautiful finish to it but there again it's all those plates are separate and so when it starts to let go it it goes in a hurry so it's a goes in a hurry yep so So something was to happen it would happen in a hurry right it's going to be catastrophic and you don't you have no idea where where to put your hands because it's it may be in the spot where it lets go so your best bet's not to uh not to try to shoot it but like i say you can put a set of sleeves in it and they make sleeves that you can squeeze it down put 20 gauge tubes in it or 410 or 28 and and shoot the gun it's just uh how much do you want to spend additional to make it work like that I bought it just because I always wanted to own a Parker, and I got well, one. Well, congratulations! You have a under thousand dollars, so. <laughs> but you know, an eighteen eighty six gun. That's thing when you when you play with it, no it's, you can see why they're famous. I mean, the the quality is unbelievable when when you look well, at. Well, yes, uh, and the double triggers, and I'm looking at the beaver tail right now, and. Uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's lovely to look at. Uh, <laughs> right, full of hold. I was, I was the guy at the shop who said I had Winchester Model 37. I, I love my single shot Model 37s. I just do. I, I love those, and I bought this basically as a birthday present. <laughs> so uh, basically these two side-by-side barrels are very fragile, right? Right, and, and like I say, you... you even though some people say, oh, you could shoot it with black powder, I wouldn't trust it. I mean, it's a, it's a hundred. I have no experience. Black right. It, it's a, what, 135 years old right now? I mean, so, uh, bad things could have happened to it that you, you have no idea what happened 100 years ago. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it, if it's got one weak spot, oh, you don't want to find it. It's in, oh my gosh, for Parker's. This thing, I would say, is like 50%. Uh, and for something this old, uh, the big the big store that starts with a C and ends with an A is certainly not one of your sponsors. But uh, I've always kind of drooled every time I walked into their gun library. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have their finest, most expensive guns locked in cases and... Their clearance shotguns are usually standing up for anybody to finger, finger or handle or whatever. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, say, uh, that's, a, that's all I have tonight. Okay, well, I mean, I thanks. Listen, I think listen all the time, and and uh, I just love the show, and I, I I just wish you all the luck in the world on syndication. Well, uh, thanks for calling, and make sure you call back so that don't think about the fact that somebody else is going to bump you out think that you're important and you're getting you're getting your spot no i mean i have listened literally every sunday for years because who wants to watch 60 minutes uh, but you know uh well we very much appreciate that i mean we've we actually have been doing this now for um a little over eight years as crazy as that sounds gosh so so every yeah. sunday night driving in for uh couple hours of radio so it's kind of cool but i know i know rob is a big tall yeah. guy with a beard and he he doesn't quite look like his voice no uh, i mean uh, he's six foot four or i had beard, somebody tell me that hair. they thought i was 90 when that yeah that's what they said when, no 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 when i was at the fair i remember walking in the store and i thought well uh should i really be here or <laughs> uh, you know uh, this was late on a Saturday, and uh, oh. it's just... We're um, open. We're, if we're there, we're... Well, yeah. it's, I, I would say it's too bad, but having stores these days, maybe you're better off now doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, there's a spot where when you really look at it, life's a journey, and there's certain paths that you've got to take, and you've got to take yeah. this path and that path to get you to the place where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there. And you won't believe the amount of friends I've made... In all those years at the gun mm-hmm. shop. Oh yeah. 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 So oh, yeah. So now Rob's on to another adventure. He works he works in a factory and um because they heard about him being in the in the Matthew McConaughey movie in the opener, they call him Hollywood. <laughs> so I just oh, really? I just want you to know that in addition to the guy who calls him Rob Dude, the, his work buddies all call him Hollywood. <laughs> and that just oh. cracks me up. Is it a new Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, the the new one that's coming it out. Be coming out September twentieth. So uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's called White Boy Rick, and there's a gun show at the beginning, like the opening scene, and we and we're we are in it. In it. Mm-hmm. 
whether they cut us out and threw us oh, away at the beginning, we don't know until we see the movie. Yeah, we, we have no idea. We, we had the potential to be in it. We'll just say that. Matthew McConaughey was standing there holding, playing with my Webley, and when they'd say the word, then he would set it down and walk over to the table where he was doing his spot. So they filmed him setting it down and walking away. <laughs> well, it was, it was, here's the funny part about that movie. The true funny part about the filming of this movie is we had to go in for, we had to go in for costuming. It was supposed to be set in 1984. So we go in for costuming and they take me to one side and they take Rob over to the other side. And they put me in glasses that are perfectly round and as big as my head. And they, <laughs> I have to take off all of my jewelry. And then I get this, I get this funky looking shirt, this silky kind of shirt that's, that's not kind, quite diamonds, not quite plaid. It's just kind of this weird shirt and pants that are clear up right under my bra strap. I mean, they are so high waisted that I have no waist, right? I'm completely. So, so that's kind of where I am. I get over to where Rob is and, and I'm like, okay, so what do they got for you? And he's like, this hat. They took so, my hat off and they put this other hat on my head and that was the only thing they changed. The rest of my outfit was perfect. They, said. <laughs> they figure you didn't need any makeup. Well, uh, they, but they said that the shirt that he wore looked like 1984 <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> and so then they were like, now you have to dress just like this when you come back to be on. So they took on. a picture of me and gave me a picture so that I could uh, so I knew what to bring back with me when I come to the movie. And it was like, he always looks like that. It's not like, he, it was not like you needed anything special. This is what he wears. So thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on your birthday present there. With, uh, new Parker, you can't I beat it. I think I'll leave it hanging on the wall. So as you heard on that particular segment, they went from talking very technical firearm stuff, Rob and uh, Amanda did, with one caller, to then a World War II historian calling in to discuss, you know, a book he wrote, uh, real-life stories that he lived out. So you can see that a call-in style show, it's, you know, it goes in all kind of different directions, and it is fresh and new all the time. They have a weekly show. It's a two-hour show. They air live on Sundays and uh, then again on Mondays. And so they they put in a lot of work every single week. But I say the best way to find the content of their show is just to go to sdrn.us, which of course stands for the Self-Defense Radio Network. And this is our sample platter show. We've got a lot more waiting in the wings. And when we come back from this commercial break... We will hear from the Polite Society podcast. Stick around. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Hi folks, I'm Don Kyle. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. AZFirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. 
Come in for AZ Firearms' huge gun buying event, taking place now until the end of the month. From single items to entire collections, AZ Firearms pays you the highest value for guns. Long guns, handguns, military, western, even your old brass and ammo. We buy it all. Find us online at azfirearms.com or visit us off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. Don't miss the AZ Firearms huge gun buying event. Now through the end of the month at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, you hear me say often that this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and I encourage you to find out more and check out all of the great content at sdrn.us. Well, today I'm helping you check out all of the great content because we have snippets from a variety of the different shows that are on that network Uh, And the next one we have coming up is the Polite Society Podcast. So the Polite Society Podcast is a weekly show that examines the news of the firearms industry, has interviews with people in and around the industry who influence gun rights, and examines defensive gun uses. The show is a team effort of some of the most passionate people in the industry, And each writer and co-host brings a unique perspective and opinion to the show. The main host is our friend, Paul Lathrop. The co-hosts include his wife, Susan Lathrop. Uh, It's all, this is a whole cast of our friends. I I should just say, uh, they all are. Uh, John Richardson, Rachel Malone, Gary Doherty, Tracy Becker-Thornburg, Belle McCormick, And, of course, Rob Morse. That is one busy guy, Rob Morse. Um, It's a roundtable discussion-style show, and I will pause now and play a clip from the Polite Society podcast. Welcome back to the Defensive Gun Use segment of the Polite Society podcast, powered by the Firearms Policy Coalition. Folks, these discussions are not legal advice. Some of us are trainers, but this is not formal training, and you need formal training. The defensive gun use segment is intended as information, not as training. As always, the opinions of the hosts are only their own opinions and not those of any sponsors or other affiliations. Then our first story from Titusville, Florida, Saturday in the Park, not the Chicago song. It was a peace in the city, anti-violence, back to school event in Titusville. Backpacks were given away, and a DJ was keeping the party lively. A dozen shots rang out. Parents shouted names over the screens. The DJ was live-streaming the activities and kept recording while the gunshots rang out going on. The armed attacker came to the park looking for someone he had fought with weeks ago. The two fought with their fists, then the attacker left. He returned with a gun and opened fire. As he crossed the parking lot, he was confronted by a good guy with a gun. The shooter drew his weapon again, and the concealed carrier shot him in the head. 
The armed defender is cooperating with investigators, and no charges are expected to be filed against him. Paul? On this one, I don't know how much more clear, and this goes right back to what we were saying in the news segment, and that is armed citizen there ends quickly. don't know how much more clear we can make it. This is a perfect example of something that, that the Shannon Watts and Demanding Mommy say never, ever happens. Here, it happened again. Yeah, we know now from the CDC study that it happens 6,500 times a day. Shots are not usually fired. In this case, they were necessary. But, you know, we, we just talked about it in the news segment that this stuff is not on the news. Well, you know what? The positive stuff isn't on the news either. Let's highlight that, Gary. When have you been to the range recently? And here's here's the problem with going to the range. You stand there, you slowly present, you take a really steady breath on a paper target that's not moving and it's great big. Okay, now let's take this out. You have to present from concealment. Your target's moving, you're moving, and there are people everywhere. There's a man with a gun. People are at risk and you have to make a headshot. How close do you have to be to make that shot? 15 yards. Because if you miss, the bullet's going somewhere. 15 yards. That's you, right? Um, This is with everybody doing their, oh, my God, I'm going to get shot dance, Paul. Well, Paul just did this kind of training, so he knows exactly where his line is. Wait a minute. He knows approximately where his line is. You didn't have... You didn't have innocent civilians running around in front of him between him and the bad guy. That's true. Okay, it was a good estimation of how far he can take that shot. It is nowhere near realistic. Do you have a suggestion on how someone can get any more realistic in their training? No, I don't. That we do the best that we can. Yeah, I, I agree. My point is this is what the real world looks like. Please go practice to the degree you can. Yes. Here's an idea. If you can get some place, you know, an open bay, at least you move. Move toward your target. Move away from it. Shoot on the move. I understand you'd like both you and the target to move. Look, we'll, we'll take halfway and march on. And instead of shooting the target in the chest, some of the time you figure out the distance you need. Hit that three by five card that's pasted above the body. Go practice. Go learn. I don't know how well you're going to do, but I really want you to know what you can do. Well said. I think we've kicked that one around a bit. Bell, you got the next one. A 25-year-old would-be carjacker was under arrest after assaulting a woman with a knife. The victim and her boyfriend were loading the car when the suspect told the couple that was his car and then assaulted both of them. The woman tried to get her children out of the car during the altercation. A neighbor saw the attack taking place and armed himself. He pointed his firearm at the attacker. The suspect verbally assaulted the good guy and moved away from the couple and walked across the street. As a Littlefield police officer arrived on the scene, the thug dropped his knife and began attacking the officer. The officer was able to subdue him, then arrest him. He has been charged with four different crimes. Yeah, I'm thinking that the attacker... The toxicology report's going to be just fascinating. Uh-huh. Because, okay, hey, that's my car. Oh, wow, you I, are I confused. had to read that a couple of times to know what that actually said. It was so ridiculous. That's right. I had to practice listening to it, and I'm here. Um, and, and then I know how to make this better. I'll drop the knife and attack the cop. That'll help. Oh, 
Well, it probably <clears throat> saved his life. Uh, yeah, well, dropping it, it did. Yes. You know what actually stood out to me here, guys, was I was hearing your guys' voice in my head when I read the part about the neighbor having to arm himself. Pogo! Yeah. Yes, absolutely, Pogo. Let me highlight just one other thing about this story. I mean, you guys did a great job of covering all of it. Transition spaces, loading the car, walking between the car and the house, walking between the parking lot and the building. Those those are the ones you need to be extra aware. Those transition spaces, that's where they try and get you when you're distracted by other things. Well, and how much do you think that couple that was that had the kids? Also, this is, I do not remember who was last week or the week before, but very recently we had a case of a mother in Texas who had children right. in the car, and she had to climb in the back seat and confront the uh, carjacker. But again, carjacking attempt with kids in the car. I would imagine this couple, at least one of them is thinking, you know, maybe it's time I go get a gun. Because how much easier would it have been for them to defend themselves if they had the weapon instead of having to hope their neighbor got out on time? Right. But putting kids into car seats is a distracting task. It's like herding cats. I mean, you just you got to get them in there. you got to buckle them. you got to make sure the seatbelt's not around their neck. And There's, It's a distracting activity. Yeah, you're turning you your do. back on the world and shoving your head inside a closed space. It, yeah. 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 I'm just saying, be extra aware. Take an extra look around before you start doing that. That's all. all right. Rob, you got our last one. Huh? Welcome to Nashville, Tennessee, where social media can lead to real problems. For two 22-year-old men, it led to the death of one of them. The ongoing feud became violent at the beginning of May. DeMarco Churchill first sent a friend to confront his nemesis, Justin Golison, at the Shoe shine kiosk where he works inside the Opera Mills Mall. Although the friend denied threatening him when he was questioned later in court, Colson returned to the mall after going home to retrieve his weapon. The other man aggressively approached him, and mall surveillance shows the man backing up with his hands up for 20 seconds before the shooting. Golson was charged with criminal homicide in regards to the shooting. The assistant district attorney made the decision to drop the charges on grounds of self-defense after reviewing Instagram messages and video surveillance that corroborated both of the threats against Golson and his backing away in retreat from the aggressor. It's pretty clear from the evidence, assistant DA Jenny Charles said in a phone interview, his actions were justified under the law as self-defense. Golson's statement has remained consistent throughout the process and were corroborated by witnesses. From the beginning, he had stated that this was self-defense and he was legitimately scared of Mr. Churchill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in going through this and reading it and listening to it, it sounds to me like Golson, I think he was the good guy in this, he was firing while retreating he was backing up hands in the air trying to get out of there and then something happened and he fired to defend himself is that right that's what the attorneys say the videotape showed yep yeah so i can fire while retreating i've had that training i've done it and the magic of that paul is it establishes for the defense that the other person was clearly the aggressor yes it's not two guys were standing there who pushed whom Look, I'm backing up. I'm creating space. This other man is closing the gap, bringing the threat to me. Mm -hmm. Real clear who the aggressor was. That's why 
That's why we emphasize that so often in training. Even if it's only a step and you say stay back, helps you a lot. Yep. Did want to bring up, though, that, again, when you go through your training, motion while shooting is so important. And to be able to draw and fire while retreating, get training that includes that. Anything else on this one? All right. Then I should mention that we do post each of our news and DGU articles up at PoliteSocietyPodcast.com. Please take a minute to share them with a friend. Hang on, everybody. we got one more segment to go, our usual listener feedback and blog post segment, and we'll get to that right after this. So those are our friends from the Polite Society podcast, and I know you have to recognize uh, at least a couple of those voices uh, from different uh, times we've had them on here as guests on Gun Freedom Radio, and also that... uh, the voice you cannot mistake, Rob Morse. Uh, he does a couple of the the ads that we play on our show. Um, but just, I mean, what a wealth of knowledge that they have on the Polite Society podcast. Uh, I love that they just do a roundtable discussion, everybody free to kind of weigh in in their individual areas of expertise. And they have new episodes that are posted at sdrn.us each Monday. It's a one-hour show and well worth your time to check out. So we still have tons coming up. We're going to break for just a moment. And when we come back, we'll be playing a clip for you from Modern Self-Protection Podcast. Stick around. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. glad you're here with us today. You are listening to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And I am so excited that we have the people that, that Dan and I know in this industry to share with you today. This is our SDRN Sample Platter Show. The SDRN, of course, is the Self-Defense Radio Network. And there's just a wealth of information and styles and topics and people on there. Um, And if you've missed any portion of this show so far, if you've missed any of the clips we've played, be sure to check out our website at gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, all 130 other episodes that we have posted there. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click the guest tab. You'll find pictures and bios and links to all of the guests that we've ever had on. It's a tremendous wealth of information you'll find there. And uh, we don't hate it when you spend some time perusing and uh, researching and, and then sharing with your friends, of course. All right. So 
without further ado, I want to play for you a clip from one of the shows that's on the SDRN.US, Self-Defense Radio Network. This is the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. It is about self-defense for everyday people. It is hosted by Ben Branham. A new show is posted each week on Saturdays. And Ben is just a natural-born teacher who is passionate about keeping himself and his family and his friends and his uh, students safe. So I give you now Modern Self-Protection Podcast. It can happen to you. You've got to accept that all of this stuff can happen to you. And it's hard deep down in your soul to accept. And some of it you got to accept like, oh, you know, we keep getting on the brink of nuclear war and people, even my sister, unfortunately, thinks that, you know, Trump is going to push us to nuclear war with Russia. Whatever. But some things you got to accept that, you know, if a nuclear war happens, what are you going to do? I mean, unless you have a bunker and like 20 years or 30 years of food saved up and it's all secret... You know, you you're just not gonna. It's just not gonna happen. You know, you've seen that movie Blast from the Past. It's a cute uh, romantic comedy about a family that gets into a bunker for thirty years, thinks that the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis started the war, and they stay in this bunker for thirty years, just the mom, the dad, and the son. And then he comes out. You know, he goes in and is a little kid and comes out full grown. Yeah, that's a uh, you know thirty year old kid. It was funny, but you know who's got that much time, money, effort to spend on any of that stuff where you could survive this stuff. And even then, if you're in the middle of a big city, the fallout could be worse than 30 years. And who knows what the world's going to look like if after, I mean, people are like, Oh, the world will end. Well, the world's had, you know, life ending things happen on the planet before and somehow life finds a way and survives. Same thing will happen. Even if we have nuclear war and we wipe off you know, they say the cockroaches are the only thing that will exist after that. Well, they'll mutate and they'll evolve and we'll get other species and, you know, it'll life will start again. The world will start again. I'm not worried about that stuff. But I'm not also not worried about it because, it, yes, I accept that there could be a nuclear war or I live in San Antonio where there's a lot of military strategic stuff and I actually list, live way too close to one actually if I was thinking you know we were going to have global thermal nuclear war but how am I going to really prepare for that so I don't worry about it I accept that it could happen and I accept that um yeah if it happens I'm going to sit down and drink a beer with my family and my wife and um yeah I might call some friends most of it I'm just going to sit down and have a beer talk to my family and my kids and we'll pray a bunch for all the people and all the stuff that's going to happen afterwards and Man, we'll sit, we'll sit on, I'm not going to watch it on TV, but I might sit on my roof or sit out in the backyard and watch it happen. What are you going to do? you got to accept that sometimes you just can't do anything. But all the stuff, you know, that serenity prayer, have the courage to change the things that you can and be able to accept the things that you can't change and then the wisdom to know the difference, you got to look for that. So almost everything besides global thermal nuclear war, I can prepare pretty easily for. And I'm specifically talking about ways that it's going to kill you instantly, your own security. Now, terrorist attacks, I can prepare for some of that stuff. And I can go or not go to places. 
uh, full-on invasion of a country of our country by another country I can prepare for that that's not too bad getting mugged I can prepare for that that's pretty easy I can accept that that'll happen my house getting robbed my vehicle getting stolen uh, somebody trying to kill me or my family sometime somebody trying to kidnap my kid somebody trying to kidnap my wife yeah I've been known to um, have almost a you know 21st century bug or tracker and I'll plan it on my kid and my wife when we go places put it in their bag then I can track them pretty easy it's simple cheap technology and uh, you know it's all Bluetooth but it works pretty good for me I've tracked my bags and stuff it works not as good as the really expensive stuff but hey you start to get that stuff in there and you start to be able to track things you know can you track your wife's phone simple things if you have kids can you track their phones can they track your phone I mean there's yes if the you get truly kidnapped or the FBI gets involved they'll have the technology to be able to take the phone number and track your your wife or your kid's phone but the FBI is not going to get involved for 48, 64 hours, somewhere in there, you know, a couple days to a week, unless it's a high-profile case or something. Well, you know, wouldn't it be nice for you to be able to look at it so that you could know right away? And you don't have to know that your kid's running off and checking on them that way, but every once in a while, use the app so you know how to use it. I mean, there's there's an app called Find My iPhone, right? It's super easy, and you can track it even when the phone is off. Bet you didn't know that, right? You can turn the phone on and make it make noise. Bet you didn't know that either. So look at your stuff and use the technology you have to overcome any of these problems. And you've got to accept that all this can happen to you. What's the likelihood of me getting kidnapped for ransom here in San Antonio, Texas, while I'm driving my truck? You know, probably slim to none. But do I have little things put in place? My wife knows how to use the Find My iPhone app so that she can find me. I know you guys out there are like, oh my gosh, your wife's got a... Yes, she does. She has electronic leash on me. And I don't mind because she's my wife and I love her. And it's part of preparing for some of this stuff. Do I accept that somebody could try to steal the truck that I'm driving right now? You know, they rear-end me and do some of that stuff. Yep, could be. You know, what's the probability of that happened? Pretty low. What's the probability of them succeeding? Probably even less likely as long as I'm aware of it. And I use my mindset to keep me aware of those things. A little bump at a light, that could be the opportunity they're looking at to get me out. You ever seen the movie Bad Boys? You know, with uh, Will Smith and uh, what's the other short comics name? You know, fun movie, fun movie. But, you know, they're sitting at... You know, Will Smith's the rich guy and the rich cop and the other cop, you know, he's broke, but they've been friends their whole life and now they're detective partners and they're sitting at a light and the the lady that's uh, 10 on the sexuality scale beyond that walks by in an itty bitty little tiny dress and high heels in the middle of everything. And both of them are looking at her and the other guys jump out and try to steal his car, right? And they they just kind of laugh and go, boy, you have picked the wrong people to try to jack. And it's just, you know, that that could be you as long as you see it coming. If you see it coming, it's easy to go, boy, you have picked the wrong people to jack. You know, a little thing that most people don't know that cops do, you know, hey, you don't generally walk between the vehicles. That's called your dead zone. 
well, somebody bumps my car, and I look back, and I'm watching in the mirror, and I go, oh, is this a, are they going to try to rob me? Is this a little snatch here? And I look in the mirror, and I see a guy come out with a gun, and he walks between the cars. I'm going to put it in reverse and just crush him between the cars. It really sucks to be him. But if I see it coming, you're just screwed. So that's what I need you guys to be able to do is to accept that this stuff can happen to you and then armchair quarterback some of this stuff. You know, hey, going between the cars, you know, what would I do? Well, I bet you didn't think about just putting the, leaving the car running and putting it in reverse and crushing them or leaving the car running and driving away. You know, all this stuff. If it can happen to you, then you can start thinking about it and figuring out what you can do about it. And that's where I want you to be is I want you to accept that when you watch the news at night, all of that stuff there, everything that happens on the news, that could happen to you. Was it a home invasion robbery with multiple people? Was it some crazy terrorist attack? Was it you're in a crowd and somebody used a car to try to drive through the crowd and mow people down? All this stuff. You know, do you know if you shoot the driver, generally the car stops? It's not the movies where the car just keeps going on its own. It's kind of a weird thing, but it it generally that's what happens. You know, reality sets in. But, you know, do you know that cars are bullet magnets? Because we see center of mass on everything that we shoot. If you just look at the car and shoot, you will never hit the driver. You're just going to hit the car. you got to know where that driver is and be shooting for that spot. So stuff like that, you know, when you start accepting that it can happen for to you, you can start looking at stuff and going, huh, if this did happen to me, how could I stop this? You know, I got my 9mm. Is that going to crack the engine block on a big diesel truck like I'm driving right now? Well, probably not. Could it do enough damage? Maybe. So we need to skip from, I always tell my students, skip from maybe to yes, more than likely. So now what? Should I carry a 44 Magnum revolver around just in case or even bigger? You know, it's I need a bear gun, so I want a 454 Casul or a 500 Smith & Wesson so that I can crack the engine block of a V8 truck and stop it. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that is definitely something law enforcement is looking at, and they don't do handguns. They start looking at rifles, and they go, well, a 50 BMG will put a hole in just about anything. And they're right. And then if you go up from there, yes, there is up from there. There are armor-piercing 50 BMG black tip ammo. I had a first sergeant over in Iraq when I was a contractor. He thought that would solve every problem you ever had. An M2 50 caliber machine gun with black tips. That could solve any problem that you could ever think of. So you can see that Ben Branham, the host of Modern Self-Protection, is first and foremost a teacher he, he wants people to understand all the elements of self-defense and self, uh, starting with awareness of your surroundings, no matter where you are, no matter what setting you're in. And I, I, you can't help but learn something uh, to help keep you safe by listening to his show. So Modern Self-Protection by Ben Branham. All right. Well, we still have an entire second hour of our SDRN sample platter show. So don't move a muscle. We have lots more to come. Stick around. Hey, 
ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. 